1: And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCoursey here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? Just living the dream, baby. Living the dream. Ready to talk about selling stuff. You know I love this topic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sales cures all ales,
1: right? It really does, man. You know, it was, uh, I spent so much time talking about this subject, especially when it comes to startups. Because you know, startups seem to get obsessed with raising capital and doing all this different stuff. But does any of it matter? If you're not making sales.
0: I was talking to a guy this morning, he was talking about perfecting his website and I asked him how many customers does he have? And
1: he said none, none. So what uh, is he go sell some shit, dude? I mean, the two can go hand in hand, obviously Fix your website later. Yeah. You, well, I mean, you want to get it to the point where it's passable. I mean, you want to look like you're in the business of doing whatever it, it is that you, you're saying that you're doing, but at the same time, like, um, and I think, I think uh, this, I think the sales problem comes up, a lot in the software and tech industry because the people that naturally start those businesses are tech people and not necessarily salespeople. I I always say that uh,
0: most technologists have that problem of they're like a mad science in the laboratory, right? And they never get out and talk to people and actually sell something. They just want to keep improving the product forever and ever and ever and ever.
1: And it's tough. I mean, because you do have to do that on some level, but at the same time you know like well first off no one's going to tell you what you need to improve faster than your customers yeah we're literally just talking about this before you walked in. i know you know and and it's hard to do and and it's hard to keep up with and then also like who do you try to satisfy and who do you don't and that's actually goes right into the to the first item on our list today was talking about knowing your product well first of all you got to know
0: what your product's good at, what your product's bad at, where do you win and lose, right? And who your ideal
1: customer is. And you got to be able to compare all that to the other stuff that's out there.
0: I mean, we were having this meeting a couple of days ago about Stackify, about how there's a a certain percentage of people that come in and they try our product and we win every single time. But then there's quite a few people that are kind of on the fringe of like, they're not right in a sweet spot. You know, they're kind of like too high or too low, yeah. right? And it's like, We strike out a lot with those people. We got to figure out why do we strike out with those people, but we're like perfect for these people.
1: Well, and we can, I'll, I'll throw ourselves right under the bus. We were talking about Gigabook before you came in and you were setting it up and you found a certain part of permission settings to not be very intuitive and it wasn't. And that was the issue is like, you know, like you said, like where are you winning? So certain customers wouldn't even care about that. And then some would, but I'd rather have the ones that if you need, a higher level of permission settings, for example, you have more users, which means you're a more valuable account, which means that that's probably something we should fix.
0: Well, and that gets back, you talk about sales, that kind of is how you sell your product, right? Like, so if you're, if you're trying to sign up a thousand customers a month to pay $10 a month, it's gotta be super easy to yeah. use, super intuitive. Yeah. yeah. But if you're selling something that's more expensive and requires training and handholding and, you know, new account setup meetings and helping them walk through it and all that, it's a different sales process. Yeah. It's takes, you know, cost more money to set up an account, train an account. And so you got to understand your product and how you're selling it. Is it low volume or high volume, high touch, low touch? And
1: you better understand your competitors products too. Cause as a salesperson, you're comparing apples to whatever it is you're comparing apples to <laughs> other apples, yeah. oranges, pears, you know, maybe not even now we're not even talking about fruit. Right. And, and you're a lot of the objections that you're going to have from people are from comparisons. Well, this product does this. And if you can't answer, if you can't get into the features, advantages, and benefits in that order, you're going to lose. And I've, you know, I've managed sales people. I've been a salesperson. We're building a sales team at at full scale. And, you know, through all this, it's, it's back to knowing your product. What are your advantages and don't sell features you got you're selling the advantages and the benefits of whatever it is that you do so know your product and you know here's the thing it's okay to say hey let me get back to you about that or i'm not the right person to answer this but i'm going to go get in front of the person who is
0: yeah absolutely and you'll and and you'll find this interesting actually probably one of the biggest strengths of Stackify against some of our competitors is our support team yeah so if i'm trying you know, StackFy and I'm trying New Relic or whatever at the same time, odds are you're going to get somewhere in like, how do I install this weird thing on AWS with Node.js and Kubernetes or whatever the weird ass scenario is. And you're going to need help. Well, if you reach out to New Relic and it takes them 48 hours to get back to you, or I reach out to StackFy and they take one hour to get back to me, yep. I already that's a huge it. difference. I'm moving forward. I'm, moving yep. forward yep. And I'm like, well, I got this one working and I kind of like what I see. So forget that one. Speed of support. Potentially is your pro- is a big differentiator product, right? And
1: you just played right into my hand, though. Because if I'm, well, what's the difference between Stackify and New Relic? Well, our users do support a faster, they do report a faster turnaround time when it comes to their support issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. There you go. That's Some, a benefit. Sometimes that supports- is I, I mentioned a feature advantage and a benefit. You know, we can, now I can't promise you how fast they're going to get back with you, but we do hear that quite a bit. And, you know, just all that. So
0: I, like I told my team, it's like if our product is 80% as good as theirs, but our support is way better, we will win a huge percentage of the time.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like we
0: don't like there's there's a lot of ways to win. Your product doesn't necessarily have to be better in every way, shape or form. Yeah. Sometimes it's the little things that add up.
1: So there you go. I don't I want know your
0: products. I tell people all the time, like when they sign up for our product, the number one thing we're trying we're trying not to do is just not making mistakes. Yeah it's it's like I was trying to use Gigabook and I couldn't figure out how to set up permissions yeah that was a mistake yeah right so it's all about how does somebody sign up and use it and and they get to that like I see value in this I feel like I want to invest more time and there are there are no mistakes like it was a clean path yeah that's like the number one thing if there are any stumbling blocks in any of that,
1: Well, and and as you were saying too, like sometimes even as a salesperson, it's or a product manager or developer or anything, it's good to go and you know, you said, Hey, someone needs to go back and look at this as if they'd never, ever, 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 ever seen it. Which is hard. And it is hard. And it is hard. And you know, that's
0: like, I, I, it's too close. You're too close to it. It's like it's your baby and you know, you know how to do everything. The, The best thing you can do is actually sit down with one of your customers. Yep. Let them drive. Yep. And just watch.
1: Yep. All right. Well, we're going to move forward in the process and I want to talk about the actual sales process. All right. So is yours defined? Yeah, absolutely. It is. Yeah. Okay. So that's an important part. Like, and and if you don't understand your own sales process and like defining the steps of it and like what's going to happen next, um, when you're doing stuff, when your business is young and, or if you're trying to make changes, this is a really important thing, especially when it comes to bringing new people on. So, and, you know, this is, you know, the funnel analogy gets used a lot yep. in this day and age, mm-hmm. but I mean, whether it's your website funneling things to a signup page or you working as a salesperson, um, you got to understand the steps. And, you know, it first starts with finding someone to even talk to. So you get a little prospecting in there, something something regardless of where that lead comes from, you have to have someone to talk to. Right. Your next step is going to involve qualification. What are they looking for? What do they want to spend? Are they even qualified? Are they even, are they even the right person to talk to? Well, and some people are in more of a consideration phase, right? Yeah. Like,
0: and you qualify, that's part of qualification. Like the stack team. They're like, Oh, we need software to manage our, um, our account manager. So we go out, and it's like a process. Okay. We're going to mm-hmm. look at all the different tools. We're going to compare all the different tools. And and we're really in a consideration phase where it's different if you're catching some random person and you're like, Hey, come look at this. And they're like, well, that wasn't like a project or a thing that I'm focused on right now. And that's harder to sell. Right. Yeah. Um, well, everything that's being sold has a different process. Sometimes like, it's timing is my point. Sure. Right? Like, sure. We're not in the, now is not the time for us to change phone systems or CRM systems or accounting systems or right. whatever. Like you could tell me you have the best thing since sliced bread. I don't give a shit. I have other priorities.
1: Yep. yep. And then but so, but maybe so, three months from now. But some things too don't have a sales process, like a bag of candy at, right. at, at the convenience That's right. store. Like that someone grabs that and buys that on the way out. There's not a real big process to that, but someone considered maybe more people will buy these if we put them by the register. But the, but the point is like <laughs> so then, understanding
0: the yeah. sales cycle a little bit is if knowing, what you're trying to sell and who you're trying to sell it to. And maybe they only buy things at certain times of the year. Like you're selling something to a school district. Well, they only make major buying
1: decisions at certain times of the year. And that's all part of qualification, which comes after prospecting or wherever you're getting your leads from. I mean, it's really the, they come from somewhere. What do salespeople people always say. It's qualification, need budget, like, what well, happened. after qualification, those are all parts of qualification, yeah. in my opinion. Like, who are you? What do you do? What do you need? Authority? You know, what, you know what's going to fix your problems? Stuff like that. Are you the person that makes the buying decision? What, how soon are you thinking about buying? And then, after you define all that, your the answers to those questions will create whatever it is that you're going to be presenting. So you have the presentation. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's online. It could be your own, you know, that's why landing pages are important in that in the world of marketing. Like right. we know that if you're searching based on particular keywords, taking you to this page instead of our homepage is a better option. It's going to answer those questions. So in this presentation phase, you're, you know, you're, that's where you're, hey, this is what I got. Based on the needs that you just defined, this is what I think would work for you. And then invariably after that, you're going to end up uh, handling objections. And this is where I think people live or die as salespeople. Because some salespeople, especially ones that aren't experienced, I think because there's objections to purchasing. I've heard salespeople like, man, this guy won't stop asking questions. I'm like, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. You're clarifying the things that are preventing that buyer from giving you money. So then you have qualified after after you've qualified, you've presented, now you're going to invariably have to handle objections. If you do a good enough job, sometimes the handling of objections doesn't, you you might even slide right past that and straight to closing a sale, completing a transaction, whatever it is that you want to do. What is the next step? After that? Yeah. After, after you have a meeting with a client, what, how do you, how do you close these deals? You got any nuggets here? It'd be different for everyone. I mean, you got to understand. Goldfather, like, the Corsi, the Goldfather. Yeah. So, um, I thought it was going to be Master Goldfather. Oh, Master Goldfather. Yeah, okay. Or, or drop some nuggets on here. Well, Mr. Captain of Sales. So, all right. So you, you're defining the process in general now. Much like you were saying, you're talking to someone. Say they only buy during this time of the year. So you're in the first quarter, but these people don't make decisions till so the fourth quarter. Right. Next. You need to put a note in to call that yep. guy on or gal on September first and get that process started up. No matter how hard you try in that point, they're not they're not buying. They're not buying. They can't. Or you're not talking to the right person that will buy. Like sometimes the next phase in the all right. So what's next? That is the broadest question in all of sales because it it's different everywhere. So we'll just talk about like full scale. We'll just, I got I got it. It's easy actually. Uh, all right. Follow up. Well, sure. That's sure. it.
0: Now that's like the number one thing people don't do. But
1: but with some in some forms of sales, you're not even following up because you may only get one shot. Yeah. You know, so that's what I said, it's different every time, but you know, we're talking about like a true sales process here and not just selling like hey, they're walking by our store at the mall and they're going to buy now or they're probably not coming back. But you know, it's defining what you need to do next that is important and it could be follow up. You may have to give them more information. You may have to send a proposal. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you what. If you're not following up, you're you're missing out on sales. Follow up is key, rule number in, in one. Any regard, and, and no matter what it is, and even if you just if you sold them on the first contact, you still need to follow up because that that person is clearly interested and was excited about buying. Maybe they can maybe that during that follow up, you can ask them, Do you know anyone else that might find this product useful? Makes it easy, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, as far as the next step goes, like you, you know they. You, you hear these acronyms, ABC, always be closing. Or always whatever. be coding. Yeah. You have that wrong. No, that's it's the, always No, be no, 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 no. That's what gets you to the point where you need more sales because right. you're always coding. But yeah, understanding where you're at. And, you, and since you have now clearly defined your steps, so at full scale, it's impossible. We can't sell you something on the first contact because we have to do a master service agreement. So, for example, we make initial contact and have a meeting with someone. At that point, we move forward to getting an MSA in place. That is involves varying levels of complexity, depending on who we're doing business with, four out of five just you know are cool with it because we've refined it to make it less complicated. Mm-hmm. At that point, now that that's in place, we're able to start sharing development and team resources with them and saying, "Hey, this is someone we think that could help you out." At that point, it's really simple that they just need to choose who they want and give us a method of payment. Boom, now you're getting started. So, but without that critical MSA step, we can't do, we can't do shit. Right. So, you know, as far as our sales process goes, it lets us communicate, it actually lets us do a better job once that's in place. Well, StackFly is totally different,
0: right? Ours is all about getting them to do a trial and try it. Yeah. Get it in their hands and actually touch it, feel it. It through
1: the paces. So without that free trial beginning, you don't get an option for the next step, which is then making sure that they actually are, well, I would assume either using it. Do you have any questions? Is there something we can do better? Blah, 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 right? Right. Yep. So it's different for everything. But remember, you just, your whole goal is to, you know, when the, when the Royals won the world series in 2015, they, they had a bunch of guys that hit singles and doubles yeah. and they'd say, move the line, right? move the line. They were selfless. They're like, okay, a single, a double, a triple. Maybe we get a home run. That's cool. But just keep moving it forward. And you know, that's always, that's gets frustrating too, because some you'll see times when that'll go really well and times when it doesn't. Right. Yep. But you just got to keep moving. Remember, you just have to do business in six months and a year and right. stuff like that. So we use the. Here we are in the second quarter, and they're not buying till the fourth. Well, you need to have a you need to have a queue of people like that. How great is it going to be six months from now when you get there and you're like, man, I've got all these people that right. said they're fourth quarter buyers, planting seeds, yeah, building a pipeline. And and you're it. already there, so okay. How about the fact that people are going to say no to you a lot, and if you let that show, you are defeated, you are negative, you are not confident. So you got to be confident. You got to be next, yeah best well two I I love there's two four letter words I love in sales sold and next and maybe a third one which is just cash <laughs> <laughs> I think cash is actually my new favorite four letter word but if you
0: work in sales you got to understand it's a numbers game
1: yeah and you got to be confident I mean it, uh, it, it doesn't mean you should be full of shit I mean you just need to be confident just confidence in general gets things done, especially when it comes to sales. If I'm talking to a salesperson that isn't confident about what they're selling or their company, eh, we always talk about the, was it 10, 8, 4, 2, 1? Yeah. 10, 8, 4, 2, 1. You got to find 10 people. Only eight of them will even listen to what you're saying. Four of them may be interested in what you're selling or presenting. Two of them might be qualified to buy and one of them might. So that And one in 10 is actually pretty good odds. Yeah. That's why I said might. might buy. So based on that, you know, one in 20, you could still be successful. If you, if you, if you completed a sale in most organizations, well, it depends. Um, I, I mean, I've worked at places where if you weren't closing over half of the people you got in front of, then you were terrible. But those were people that, that, Almost always came looking for your specific yeah. product. So, on the kind of product, yeah. And that you know that was also before the internet's
0: for like SaaS based software
1: products. Most people like five percent,
0: five percent,
1: ten percent. Like you're legendary if you're above ten. Yeah, yeah. That and it's and you're right about that. So you got to have confidence in what you're doing. And you know, you fall down a lot, but remember, like you're going to quickly figure out how many people are you have to get your stuff in front of to make a sale and then figure out how many sales you want and multiply that top number by it. Now, you know how much work you got to do. So, you know, another thing is you got to understand your numbers and whether you're the owner of the company or you're the newest or you're on your first day in sales there, you got to have some idea of what you're working with. Like, what do I have the ability to give a discount? Do you know, like all that stuff, like, you know, what does this cost? I mean, if you're selling a product, you you invariably have a cost structure around it. Well, I'm I'm having a,
0: a dinner with somebody tonight and they're looking to raise some capital and stuff. And that's my first question to them is gonna, all going to be about your numbers, customer acquisition yeah. costs. Like, how do you scale this thing? You're yeah. going to raise a bunch of money. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. You know, you, you have to understand how you find customers, what that costs you, what it costs to service them, what your margins
1: are. And when you're something All like a that. software platform, that's where that be beco- and and you're seeking investment or just trying to get utilize the capital you have. You got to understand what does it cost to acquire a buyer, and you might even want to know your NPS score. Wow, I don't know what that is. Your net promoter score? Huh. We Define. just went through
0: that at Stackify. That's when you go you log in and things ask you like a zero to ten. So there's that's actually the net promoter score, and there's like mm-hmm. a little math formula behind it that gives you a score. Okay. So the people that uh, put nine or 10 are promoters. Okay. People that are seven or eight are basically neutral. Okay. And anybody who's less than that is a detractor.
1: Okay. Is this how you're rating the sales process or no? your
0: product? Like, do people like your product? Do they like your company?
1: I see. Like,
0: like if we did it for gigabook, how many people would vote, you know, between one to 10 and that gives you. A uh, kind of barometer of hmm. like, are your customers would they promote your product or not promote your product? And it's
1: a you? it would be impossible to af- after a large body of users came through to ever have a 10. A 10's oh, yeah. a tens yeah. of fantasy. No, we had a lot of 10s at Stack. Well, no, I meant f- across the whole sample. Oh, space. no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, because you can't no. make everybody happy. You have to get that too.
0: No, right? no, absolutely. Yeah. No, so you're, that's why next the word next is so important. the NPS score is not a zero to 10 score at yeah, the yeah. end of it, it's actually yeah. the number of people. It. Like the percentage of people or whatever. And um, yeah, it was kind of interesting going through that with Stackify. But I've actually seen from investors, like they want to know, like, what is your NPS score? Sure. Like that's hmm. one of the random things that I've seen
1: before. Well, and, you know, knowing your numbers is important as an owner or as like you or maybe as a promoter, <laughs> you yeah. know, just like getting it like as am I just chasing a negative return here? And, you know, when it comes to marketing and sales, I always tell people I've, I've made a living over the last 15 years. I look for a crack and then I try to shove an elephant through it, um, which is pretty much my approach. Like you have to be looking around for different ways and different things. And if you start to notice repetition, that can be either be good or bad. Why don't you shove whales through it? Because uh, I feel like, well, I guess elephants aren't any better. Um, I was whales gonna, are bigger. I know, but they're endangered, but so are elephants. Go bigger. You're right. I'm to, The whale would You're be out. Of, the whale would be out of water. Like this, just doesn't make sense. That's I why it's the challenge. Man. I know. But later, Come I on. try to eat that elephant, and I do it one bite at a time. Also, probably not socially acceptable. You know um, how you eat an elephant, one bite at a time, with a with lot of elephant.
0: lions. With a lot of what? A lot of lions. Oh man. Okay. I'll I'll go one with that. One bite too. at a time with a lot of lions. You can do it.
1: So back to knowing your numbers. <laughs> Um, sometimes these things come, you know, like, for example, do you, it's how you offer incentives or, or inducements to buy, you know, so I see your company's a lot bigger than, than the last place I just visited. And that's actually great because if you were to offer this to all of your employees, I can offer you a significant discount. And you know that because you know your numbers, but if you don't know your numbers and you offer that you're fucked. You might get, you might come back with a contract in hand and then lose your job. I've seen that happen before. People yeah. off, off not knowing their numbers, offering or, or salespeople just painting themselves in a corner, offering discounts that they weren't authorized to do. You know, stuff. I've been through it. Right. You, know, you got to know your numbers, and especially as a, if you're in sales management or business ownership, like and define that. Like right? your you you have your salespeople are. Your warriors and they have to know what they're entering battle with. And I think it's, you
0: know, so we talk about how some of this relates to startups. I think some of these things are really difficult when you're first starting yeah, up, right? Because you have to figure it out. You know, someplace like Stackify, it's like we get a thousand trials of our software a month. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to know our numbers. Like yeah. we know we should close X percentage. It's like a big sample it's just kind of the same sort of grind every month, right? And like we're always trying to just improve those numbers a little bit. But that's totally different than when you're starting out and you're like, oh, we have three customers
1: yeah, and like we don't know what we're doing. And, that, and if you lose that's one out of three, part. it swings your numbers wildly. That's the hard part. And that's another thing too. Is, but it's good to know them along the way because you also want to see if you're getting any better. So speaking of, of ways to sell more stuff, uh, creativity. You know, be creative. A startup is small and agile and like Matt, you and I own a business together. We can theoretically do whatever the fuck we want with or for a client, right? Sure. doesn't mean we're going to, but we can be real creative about it. We can We've even invested in some of our clients, right? Right. Creativity. Right. We we know what we can work with. We know what makes sense. And then we also look at it, we're, you know, like say, hey, we're not only going to help them push their business forward. We now have a vested interest in doing this. And if all this goes really well, we might actually have a big client at the end too. Well, and
0: creatively outdoing your competition relates a lot to knowing your product and how you yeah. can differentiate yourself. Like earlier with Stackify, I mentioned that support is a differentiator for us. Or part of our stuff is technology support. So it's like, oh, we support PHP on Windows. Well, nobody else does. Ah, so that's a, a little, you know, differentiator for us. So that's like, okay, how do we find more people that we know need that specific problem, mm-hmm. right? That have that problem. And that's where you do content writing and different things, yeah. whatever. But think about Gigabook. Gigabook does online scheduling, Well, we know it's good for certain types of scheduling right. and not good for other types Correct. of scheduling, right? And we know our competitors are really good at certain types of yeah. things. So it's it's just all about trying to figure out how do we differentiate ourselves. And I th- I think it's interesting you talk about like um, who who in the right mind would want to compete with Keurig right now, right? Well, Nespresso does. And how do they differentiate themselves? The coffee actually tastes good.
1: Yeah. Right. So, or it's like, not even creative. It's just like fundamentally. Yeah. Good. Or
0: or you're like, well, I want to open a restaurant. Well, why would you open a restaurant and compete with everybody else? Well, maybe open a vegan restaurant. Oh, that's different. Now you can compete because you're the only place around. Right. It's all about understanding who your competition is, and sometimes saying no to a lot of customers makes you the first choice because you're not like, well, I'm going to go out for a vegan. Well, there's only two places to pick from.
1: I'll give you an example. So you and I have both been on the keto diet recently. and That's we, right. And we both ordered very expensive uh, frozen keto pizzas. You're right. We yeah, did. I was literally at a strip mall uh, going to a different store and I saw a sign in the window that said keto-friendly pizza. Yes. And it's like two miles from my house. I'm like, and they deliver. Who? Uh uh, I, I old town pizza or something. It's at like. How did you not tell me this? I, I, now. I just figured it out two days ago. I was, I was and you didn't tell me two days ago. No, I I will make sure that you know. But <sighs> but here's the point: is well, first off, they should have probably marketed that a little better because yeah. as big of a craze as that is, you're going to draw people in just because you're the only one that has it. That's a little bit of creativity. You're out doing yeah. the competition. I can't order that at Papa John's or some of the it's other places. It's a little things, man. Line. It's a little things. Yeah, I'm going to, I will, uh, and for the pizza place, who's, and I forgot their name. I know where they're at, but I can't remember their name. All right, well, I know what I'm doing for lunch today. So as, you're going to have to drive away as so it's not close. Um, as far as creatively out doing your competition as well, sometimes that also has to do with partnerships, and I can't fully define it. But after this podcast, I'm going to very creatively use Gigabook to create a very advantageous, uh, business partnership with a pretty big place here in town. And it was a deal that was created. It was a quadruple win. It was maybe even a quintuple win. Um, but it was all formed out of creativity, you know, and using gigabooks platform to turn it into something else and then form another business around it. Yeah, absolutely. And also at the same time, you know, do things that, that boosted the number of developers that are being used in our office. And it just does a lot of really great stuff. And it moved two other businesses forward at the same time. Like maybe I'm up to like an octuple win. So you said it is it octuple.
0: It sounds weird. Know. It
1: sounds weird. I, as we talk about
0: how to sell more stuff, one of the things we should talk about is actually partnerships. Yeah. Because as a startup, those can be really good or they can be really bad. a Huge waste of time. Yeah, You went through that. I mean, at my... We've all gone through it. I went through it too, yeah. First company at Venn Solutions uh, early on, we thought we reached some big deal and somebody was going to sell our software and do all this stuff, and we were going to be thousandaires or whatever. And it went nowhere. We wasted like over a year. And partnerships are really, really tough, and it really depends on the type of product you have, who you're selling to, the space. But maybe for Stackify, a good partnership for us might be Microsoft or AWS and getting us into their marketplace. Well, we actually went through that with Microsoft. We're in their marketplace. You want to know how much business we've gotten from that? None. Like
1: none. Yeah. It was a waste of time. Yeah.
0: And, but that's the thing. It sounds good.
1: Yeah. We went through that too with Giga book a few years ago. I thought we had a, you know, did a whole bunch of work, did a bunch of stuff. It was definitely where I learned that I will never, ever build something to then figure out if the buyer wants to use it. Same thing. Just wasted a lot of time. Never. A lot of, I mean, it could have been a really great deal at the same time. It just wasn't. So, I think my advice for
0: partnerships is to never put all of your eggs in on one basket, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. So, like, you think you've got this great partnership that may work, but I would still be working on Plan B. Sure. Just in case. Sure.
1: It's been a hot topic lately. Yeah. Plan B. That's right. C, D, E, F, G. Maybe <laughs> always, have them all together. Always. All right. So, I think that there's something we haven't yet talked about and we can kind of round out this episode of how to sell more stuff. You gotta talk about people. You're selling to people. You gotta know people. You gotta, you gotta understand what makes people tick. You have to be ready to make a connection with that person. You have to also be a little bit of a poker player and try to sense the situation, whether it be good or bad. Um, I'm someone who can talk a lot. I'm also someone who knows when to listen And in the sales process, listening is important. Your buyer, your client, whoever it is that you're talking to, is going to tell you where they're at in the process. Ask questions. Listen. You got to listen to the answers. You know, there's times when you need to be a dynamic presentation person and there's times when you need to shut up and just hear what they have to say. Because that listening is them telling you about what their problems are what their needs are, what their timeframes, budgets, blah yep. blah blah. And you just gotta nudge those questions along. I love when I have a, a potential client that has had a bad experience. Tell me all about it. Go ahead. Tell me everything that sucked. Let's just get that out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I will listen to everything that they have to say. And I, and now, and I'm also really transparent. There might be a couple of things I might say. You know. Um, I, you know, you're not supposed to. You don't need to be saying bad stuff about your competition. But hey, I definitely think we can do a much better job at X, Y, and Z for you. This is something we don't have a problem with. Or assuring them that yeah, they won't have the same experience. Got assurance, but but you know, having an at full scale, we we're in the relationship business, mm-hmm. and it also lets me understand what they had a miserable time with before, and I can also say, hey, guys. Meaning, like the folks that are doing the work or on the team, this person had a really bad experience with communication before. Mm-hmm. So we have to step up. We have to be communicative. We have to. That they said that their last team never asked questions. Ask questions, stuff like that. Just like you got to know people. You got to listen. You know the the whole thing. And and um, so, do you know that that when surveyed the people that are listed as the best conversationalists are almost always people that don't talk a lot. Interesting. They're just good listeners. Yeah. But people view the, them favorably when it comes to conversation. That makes sense. Because they listen. Because people want to talk about them.
0: Well, if we relate this to you know Stackify, we get on calls with our customers. And one of the things we have to do is listen to Like how they want to use our product, right? The type of technologies they're using, or they use an Azure or AWS or containers or all these different things. And they'll ask us about our product. Do we support this? Do we support that? And so we have to listen to all that. And a big part of that is we use sales engineers on the call that are also like product specialists. And people may say, oh, well, do you support XYZ? And our answer might be no, but we can do the same thing these three ways. Sure. Right. And it's so important. And that's handling an objection. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and, but a lot of time when you're selling your software, potentially you need like that, it's not just a salesperson on the call. You have somebody who's like a product specialist right. who understands like, how do I, how do I relate all this to the product and actually use the product to solve these challenges, right? And uh, that, that's a really big component to this too, from a sales perspective of listening, understanding the objections, understanding what they're trying to do, how they you know, how they need to use the product. And reassuring them immediately, like, oh, yes, we can do that. Yes, we can do that. Here's how you do it. There's three different ways. So the people get answers. So they don't get off the sale. You know, that you don't want them to leave the sales presentation not feeling confident that you're going to be able to solve their problem,
1: take care of them. Then that's that knowing who you're talking to and having some understanding of what their personality type is. The easiest people to sell to are the people that are just like you. You don't have to put a whole lot of effort into perfecting your ability to communicate with people that have your same personality style. It's the people that have the opposite personality style that you have to.
0: Yeah, I was going to say when you say just like me, it's not me. It's like like yeah. you, because you selling to me is not. It's different. That is different because as an engineer,
1: I want to know all the details. Correct. I'm going to ask a million questions. So I need, and that's not typically what floats my boat as a buyer. I'm, right. I, I want to get right to the bottom line. You just want
0: to know, are you going to solve my problem? Yes or no. And do I feel confident in it? And am I willing to make the decision right now? Because and I
1: don't want to think about this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and is this a good deal? Maybe. Yeah. But I'm not even highly concerned about that because if all the other things click along the way, I'm ready to yell sold. Right. And then next and then say cash because I'm yep. going to go make some with all the time that I saved. But as a, you know, as a salespeople and salespeople are naturally type A and that's where they struggle. Cause you just talked about a conversation with a product manager or some, or a support manager or something like that. Those are the people that want all the details, right? Yep. That's where you need to be a listener. It yeah. all depends on your kind of product you have and what you're selling. Dude. Sometimes I just say, Hey, what do, what do we need to do to make your life easier? <laughs> that's, I mean, yeah, I, I've received some very interesting responses to that. And then I know at work, what do I need to do to make your life easier at work? Um, you know, Everything we're talking about, though, it it really does revolve, it does go back to making a connection with the people that are on their side. We were in a meeting yesterday and the uh, potential clients, they were younger. And I looked right at them and I said, Hey guys, um, I can relate to your situation. I've been in it. I know what it's like to wake up at two in the morning and wonder if I'm going crazy, if I'm going broke, or if every decision I've made has been wrong at this point. I can relate with where you're at and and with that, and this is where you talk about being creative and say, I can't manage your project. I can't make your decisions for you, but I can give you advice. I can give you my input that may help you may not. That's all up to you, but, and that's a creative way to add value to a situation and also like help someone understand I relate with where you're at. And the same with like a frustrated customer. Maybe this is not someone you're trying to sell to, maybe it's someone you already sold to. Say, hey, I get it. I can relate to where you're at. And then you got to take that feedback and make that those people happy. It's cheaper to keep the clients you have than it is to find new ones. Absolutely. Which is a challenge that a lot of people have. But you know, and and with that connection too, well, I look look at we'll go to full scale. Like we it's it's kind of funny because we almost date our clients before they become clients. We do, we take them out. We do stuff like we take them to events. We have suites at popular concert and sports venues, and we want to make sure it's a good fit for us too, because we're trying to build relationships and client accounts that last years, not weeks. So through that process, it allows us to make a connection with them. And sometimes that's uh, easier to do when you're not sitting across a boardroom table or out to lunch or whatever. Like, you know, when you can just talk to people with that connections important because it lets you understand what they're really dealing with, maybe what their personality style is really like and what you need to do to fix it. So
0: you'll, so you'll find this interesting. So I talked about Stackify was, did our NPS score, right? So when we did it, we were able to slice and dice the data between like our key account, like our bigger accounts and like all the rest of our accounts. So our bigger accounts, we have account managers assigned to them. We call them like quarterly. They get a lot more attention. Our, in our, net promoter score was actually lower on our bigger accounts that we communicate with all the time than it was our little accounts that we don't necessarily talk to around. Hmm. Do you Not know weird? why? Yeah. Do you know I why? Don't, I don't know. We haven't figured out why. So we're trying it's to weird. figure out why. And again, it's like, it's all about making that connection and communication. And maybe it's just because they work at big companies and they hate their lives. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe it's, they need different functionality that we don't provide because there are bigger companies and they have like more sophisticated needs.
1: Maybe we're just not quite the best fit for those. Was it a a big difference? Not a huge difference, but it was. There Uh, was a difference. Yeah, it could just. Yeah, I hear you. Could be just variable too. But it was just. It's just interesting. If it was like if it it was like a twenty percent difference, that'd be a big why. Like, what is it? Yeah, it was quite a big difference. And and that's you know that's not technically like learning how to read people, but that's reading the situation too. You know, and like you know, having an understanding of you know, there's some ways to kind of read the situation. you know, does the person you're talking, if you're on the phone, phone's tough. Cause sometimes if you're on the phone, they, they could be distracted. Where are they? What are they doing? Like, are they in their car? Are they in their office? You know, and, and phone's tough too, because sometimes it's like, Hey, I gotta go, you know, and you can't really get, uh, you can't read body language. You can read tone. Um, right. if, if people are engaging, if you feel like you're not engaging the other person that you're talking to, it's cause you're not asking enough questions. Right. And, you know, that's, um, much like I tell our guests, it's, it's funny. I used to talk to our, our, when, when we have guests, I say, Hey, there's only one little bit of advice that I tell people. If you, if you're talking and you have the thought, am I talking too much? You are. You're talking too much. Well, yeah, it's cause you make me host this. You make me do all all the heavy lifting. All right. All right. All right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you can pay attention to the tone, the body language, the interaction they have with you. If they're not interacting and asking questions, it's not a really good sign. Yeah, you got to know how to lead the conversation and all that stuff, and
0: see how they respond to the questions, and figure out are they into this or not into this. It's like
1: dating. Over, and that's why I said that's the same thing. Like with our clients, you know, another thing too is is their chemistry. Is you're going to be saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over invariably? Try to get better at it. Mm-hmm. try to polish it try to shorten it like you've been around me for a year of selling services for full scale mm-hmm. and i have definitely shortened things like when I, I used to talk all about cebu and how great it was now i'm like hey there's just really one thing i need to say the university of cebu's mascot is the webmaster it just says where they're at yeah where the, where their Sounds heads up. at, and and you know like that that gets more and that's be, and the we're reason we're the jayhawks I, we're like a fictional uh, bird I don't even know. I went there I don't even know what a fucking Jayark is. It's a weird looking, but I like the angry looking one, not the like really happy, peaceful one. I don't know when that happened, but anyway, we talked about a lot of stuff and look, sales is it. If you're going to, if you're not, if you're not selling stuff or you're not going to get good at it, good luck. Well, you talk about
0: startups and co-founders. It's important. I think that one of the co-founders have sales in their DNA. Yeah. I mean, you can't just be the product guy that doesn't want to sell anything and think you're going to be really successful. it takes, all these different personalities to be yeah. successful.
1: It's amazing too. Like I, I feel like I naturally have ways to figure, yeah, I figure out very quickly how to sell and promote things. You know, like yeah. th- this year I've had a lot of people that are like, dude, you're a really good promoter. I said, thanks. You know, that's, and I, I, laugh about it cause I'm not really like with the sweets. like we do the sweet and greet thing mm-hmm. and we invite local investors entrepreneurs and influencers around and people like, Oh, this is a genius concept. I mean, I didn't enter, I did not invent the idea of entertaining someone in a suite, but right. I did invent the term sweet and greet. And that, that just put a whole different context on it. And it was back to that, like understanding what people are going to respond to. So with that, we don't get people in this environment and then try to sell them a timeshare. You know, we all we're very we're very selfless about it. Right, Say, sure. look, if this it benefits our community, it may benefit us and not have a great time. You know, and 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 with that, that also disarms people in the regard that like they're not like, oh god, these guys are going to try to sell me something. You know, and that that lets you get a better relationship, and that's that back to reading people thing. But you know, I, I'm always shocked when people seem. Like selling is such a mystery. Mm -hmm. It's actually really simple, man. Features, advantages, and benefits. If you can just very quickly define what the benefits of your product are and why it's a value, you're probably going to sell something. And if you if you're doing that and you're not selling something, then you might be selling the wrong stuff. All right, what's what what do you? We've been doing these draft picks lately. Mm. Do I get to go first today? Yeah, you go first. first. They usually let the the team with the worst record go first. So yeah we didn't do a Rochambeau on the live episode. Ah oh. uh, no we should just do a Rochambeau episode where we just do paper scissors rock. I'm sure our listeners would love that. Oh, what am I gonna pick first? I'm gonna go out of the box a little bit. I'm gonna go with i'm I'm gonna actually just take the whole three pack of, of list items related to knowing people. okay. I just feel like you know like you gotta learn how to communicate. And when I say in the language, I mean, here we're all speaking English, but like, I'm talking about the presentation. Like I do, I, t- I noticeably and purposely tone myself down. I know who I am. You do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. I'm like, di- I even think that I'm like, dude, dial it back. Yeah. Dial it back. And even as it physically too, because I'm tall and big and I have a loud voice and right. stuff like that, like I don't get up in someone's face. I don't I'm not a close talker. Right. As Seinfeld used to say, and just being aware of my surroundings and that understanding my people the people I'm talking to and and trying to present it in a way that's it, look, this is also efficient. If I give you the da- the info and the data and the answers the way that you want to hear it. It, you're happier. It's right. easier yep. for you. All right. What do you got? Um, I think
0: everything about knowing your product and how mm-hmm. to beat your competition. I think all of that stuff is really important. Understanding, identifying your like product market fit. Yeah, and identifying who your target customer is. Yeah. Um, we we've were talking ta- about that been, with scale. Yeah, we've talking like, about that a lot. Who is our target
1: customer? Yeah. Um, all who, of that is who's really most important. likely to get the most benefit out of what we're selling. It's well, we, back we to were benefit. talking about it. I'm like, well, we can sell our product to everybody. I'm like.
0: What are we going to do? Take the whole damn white pages and call yeah. all of them. Like you got to pri- prioritize somewhere, right?
1: That's like that's what I've been doing. Am I taking the wrong approach? Yes. Do you got to prioritize. Do you feel like the people that drop off the white pages and yellow pages should be ticketed for lettering? Cause I do.
0: I canceled my landline a couple days ago.
1: I didn't even know you had one. Yeah, I
0: did. I didn't use it.
1: I know. I didn't even know you had yeah. one. Wow. So you were the
0: guy. I also, cut. I also canceled my cable. I have cut the cords. It's about time
1: you do what you need to do buddy yeah you do what you need to do are we gonna sell more stuff now
0: yeah and go get some lunch i'm gonna go find that pizza
1: i'm actually i will tell you where it is and then i'm gonna go use creativity to close a six figure so let's do it see you next time see ya